Welcome to the Forsaken Body Podcast. I'm Lainey Greer, and our show is about overcoming the tendencies of Christians to focus so much on the soul that we neglect the body. Nikki DeLissi is with me, as always, and today we're going to continue talking about stewardship basics. We're dealing with nutrition, and that main theme that runs throughout is that God designed our bodies to need certain nutrients. Today, we hope it's going to be super helpful. We're going to give you just a quick rapid-fire list of tips and tricks, just like we did with the exercise basics. Nikki, we're We're just going to hit these, have some comments, and then move on to the next one, rapid fire style. So excited. Yeah, right? So this is hopefully going to be just extremely practical. Starting out, I know one thing when I do nutrition assessments, it's always (laughs) typically something that everybody is missing, and that's breakfast. Uh, (laughs) Breakfast is literally the most important meal of the day. You're breaking a fast. That's why it's breakfast. Uh, When you eat, it gets your day going. You've, you know, not eaten anything all night. You're waking up. You need to eat within an hour of getting up and moving around. Um, Yeah, eat breakfast. Would you agree with that one? (laughs) I definitely would, Lainey, as we are recording this at about, let's see, 10 in the morning, and I've been up for a couple hours, and I haven't eaten breakfast. Oh, dear. I'm already not feeling super great. (laughs) I'm already like, oh, I am hungry. (laughs) Oh, my, yes. I 100% agree. Um, One thing that I find, and, and I think a good amount of evidence supports this, as I've done various reading over the years, is definitely getting a good amount of protein into your breakfast, high protein if possible, versus like super high carb, not that you can't have any carbs for breakfast, but getting more protein in earlier on in the day supports just increasing your metabolism. It increases those calories burned throughout the day, can support weight loss if you are trying to lose a little bit of weight, supports muscle health, and also really helps regulate those hunger hormones throughout the day. So the more protein you get in early Earlier in the day, you'll be less likely to have just different cravings and um, just eating more throughout the course of the day. Starting out with that high protein really does help, Lainey. It takes longer to break down in your digestive system. It'll just leave you feeling full longer. So that's my breakfast tip. (laughs) Well, and I would add to that, you know, because breakfast is one of our three meals of the day, we need each macronutrient. And we just talked about these in the last episode, but we do need protein. We do need carbs. We do need fats. And honestly, like our carb intake should decrease as the day goes on because we need less and less energy. Typically, the American diet is going to eat the most carbs at dinner. At night. Yep. And then we're going to go two to three hours and then be laying down going to bed. Mm-hmm. And that is not when you want your highest amount of carbs. So breakfast, snack, you know, lunch, those are the times when you need more carbs. Get that protein in, get that fat in. You should be able to look at your breakfast and say, okay, what are my macronutrients that I have going on right now? Yeah, and um, every plate at every meal. Yeah. Yeah. So the next little tip here would be this is huge. <laughs> Don't drink your sugars. That is a extremely quick way to get an excess of calories, calories that you don't need, that don't do anything for your body. <laughs> Uh, Like we've said, we only need 25 to 30 grams of really natural sugar a day. And so anytime you're drinking calories, you're drinking sugar, it's typically not from a natural source unless you're drinking some kind of fruit juice. What would you add to that, Nikki? Yeah, um, absolutely. There's 
pretty much no nutritional value in those sugary drinks. You're not only consuming a crazy amount of calories, but it's not going to help your feelings of fullness or hunger or give you any form of satiety, which is kind of a fancy word for just feeling full. So you're going to want to eat just as much. And then, yeah, you're getting all these calories mm-hmm. from sugar, um, Tons of that kind of sugar also just contributes to inflammation. If you're wanting just to reduce overall inflammation in your body, you're going to want to keep that sugar content low, as, you know, especially refined sugars. Um, another thing I would say, and this is Nikki getting on her soapbox, please don't give your young children sugary oh, drinks. Yeah. The Kool-Aid and the Mountain Dew in the bottle, it's not mm. necessary. It is not good. Mm. Um, giving your child a soda when you go out to eat or when you go to McDonald's. You know what? If you want to go through McDonald's and get your kid a Happy Meal every once in a while, that is fine. You know, But just avoid getting them the soda there. They just... I mean, obviously, not only do they not need it, but it it really is not good. And it will get them addicted Mm -hmm. to sugar at a very young age. The prevalence of childhood obesity is just so huge nowadays. And a lot of that stems from giving sugary drinks at such a young age. Yeah. All right. The next one here is... Eat something fermented a few times a week. The reason for that is it helps with good gut health. So you have good bacteria in your gut that your gut needs for proper functioning, and you want to do things that helps that good bacteria grow, and that's fermented foods. So eating like Greek yogurt, kimchi, kefir, adding in some apple cider vinegar into maybe a drink, even like leeks, onions, garlic, like there are definitely different sources of fermented foods that we could eat. But I think that's more of a, a newer recognition in the yeah, nutrition world. It is. That you may be like, what are you talking about? But get some <laughs> kimchi in, get some sauerkraut, maybe hold your nose if you need to. <laughs> Kombucha, but definitely good things to consume. For sure. There's actually some... Some studies done in a few different cities, towns throughout the world that have people with the longest life expectancy, Lainey, and they evaluated their diet. These are just towns and cities where people are regularly living to well over 100 years old. And most, if not all, of those societies has uh, definitely incorporated fermented food to some degree. So it is definitely important. And certainly from a medical standpoint, to that gut health. If you don't have good gut health, I mean, I could get into a whole bunch of things that'll affect, which I won't uh, in this episode, but having that good bacteria coating your stomach and your intestines and just in your gut there helping you is hugely important in a bunch of different ways medically. Yeah, that's great to know. Another one is beware of quote unquote healthy things yeah. <laughs> like smoothies, salads. Manufacturers know how to market an item or a meal or whatever to get your attention and make you think it's healthy. But if you are going out and getting a smoothie that's just got a ton of fruit in it, it's a lot of sugar, you need some protein in there. Salads, a lot of times, you know, you may think, oh, a salad's healthy. But depending on the dressing that you're putting on it, if it's got a bunch of cheese, bacon, croutons, I mean, that's a lot of calories in a salad, but that's lacking also nutrition. So just be careful with things that seem healthy. 
Yeah. And a good trick is to, if you can, make your own of a lot of these things, like make your Mm -hmm. own smoothie so you know what's going into it. Um, Make your own salad dressing. I'm a huge fan of just an olive oil and vinegar salad dressing or like olive oil and lemon juice. Lemon juice. Oh, yeah. Tastes, honestly, in my opinion, just as delicious and refreshing. I mean, I prefer it to things like ranch. <laughs> um, and, well, I'm uh, from the South, Nikki, so ranch <laughs> is definitely and, something and, I still enjoy. And, yes, yes. And you certainly can have it. And, and <laughs> honestly, on that on that topic, I just want to say, you know, these are tips that we're giving. Neither one of us is claiming to follow all these things perfectly. So, right. you know, we, yeah, we're not trying to be like legalistic and, or that even that either one of us does any of this with a rigid inflexibility. So we, we do just want to make that clear. But yeah, these are just tips for making better decisions where you can. Lainey mentioned salads, um, throwing in some chicken, some avocado, some seeds or nuts, a little bit of cheese can be a good thing. Just make sure it's not crazy or kind of just some tips there in, in making those salads more filling and more nutrient dense. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this, I'll tell on myself with a story. So when I was like going through my personal training certification, learning about nutrition and everything, I was living by myself and I was like, I'm going to start making smoothies every day. So, you know, got myself a blender and thought that tofu, oh, I was, by the way, I was also a vegetarian <laughs> at this point. So I thought, you know, I need to bring in some tofu into my smoothie because I won't taste it, but that'll add in some more protein, whatever. Nikki, I put in literally every single smoothie that I drank, I put in an entire block of tofu (laughs) because I thought that was healthy and I was not paying attention to the portions, the serving size, like absolutely ridiculous. So I thought I was being healthy, but I was getting a ton of calories (laughs) in that smoothie. Um, Anyway, how did it taste? I got to know how that tastes. It was terrible. Like I didn't have near enough fruit or anything in there to like counteract the bland taste of tofu. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. All right. So the next one here would be, it's a good idea to eat some kind of fatty fish a couple times a week, you know, just for good heart healthy fats, some omega-3 fatty acids. It's really important for good brain health. And, you know, if you're eating a good fatty fish, chances are that's going to cut back on the amount of maybe red meat that you eat, pork, other sources of fats that may not be quite as healthy for you. For sure. And healthy fats are so important. We did address that in the previous episode. Uh, So important for brain health, for heart health, all of that. Lainey mentioned fatty fish and there's like salmon and that things of that nature, just excellent. Uh, Avocados have great healthy fat, various nuts. When you are cooking, use good, healthy oils. Um, Extra virgin olive oil is just the best and it's so good for you. Avocado oil is as well. A little bit of coconut oil can be good as well. A big no-nos are vegetable oil, canola oil. Those things are pretty terrible. Those are the oils that, you know, you're getting... That's a fried chicken and fried mm. in that vegetable oil. And that's just very, very, very not good for you. Let's put it yeah. that way. But little debate over coconut oil. I think it can be really good when used, I think, in small amounts. Um, what do you think about that one, Lainey? 
Yeah, I mean it's still a saturated fat. It's just a plant saturated fat. So I don't I don't know of a ton of long term studies because it's kind of become a more trendy thing to consume in the last ten years or so. It has. Um, yeah. So I don't know that we know that it's quite as healthy as like an olive oil. Yeah. Because it is a saturated fat compared to a monounsaturated. Um, but I, I will say, you know, eating it some, putting it in baking ingredients, that's fine. Don't do so. I did a nutrition assessment one time and a lady told me that she and her husband, her husband was having some digestive issues. So they were drinking coffee in the morning and he read about putting a tablespoonful of coconut oil in his (laughs) coffee in the morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that is way too much. But he obviously, you know, it helped him go to the bathroom. Um, (laughs) Clearly he had like a hot oil slick going through his body. Um, But yeah, don't, I don't know how advisable that is and consuming that much coconut oil, especially in one setting. <laughs> That's funny. It can be a, um, a healthy alternative in baking. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, also olive oil can be too. So mm-hmm. as yeah, crazy as that point. sounds, I have a dear friend who is an amazing cook from Greece and she uses olive oil in baking a ton. Oh yeah. And I all do her, too. Oh, her stuff is amazing. Yeah. Uh, another tip here. So don't go to the store hungry. That's just, you know, obviously, not a good like idea. Nikki said, <laughs> like we, I'm sure there are times I'm hungry at the store, right. but it's not a good idea because you're going to end up getting more. Your eyes are going to see things and your appetite's going to be triggered and you're going to end up with more food and maybe less nutritious food uh, than you would have if you hadn't gone hungry. Absolutely. Watching sodium is another really important uh, nutrition tip. So we just need like 24 100 milligrams a day. And so if you look on your food ingredient list, which we'll cover how to read those in just a minute, but it's really helpful because you will learn this food that I'm about to eat has got half my daily recommended amount of sodium. And that's going to be a lot of sodium for whatever that food item is. Uh, Ways that you can decrease that are if you eat canned foods, rinse them off like beans. You know, a lot of times beans are convenient to get them out of a can instead of going from dry, (laughs) but definitely rinse them off. Don't salt your food before tasting it. Always taste it first. I would even say, you know, if you're going to go to salt your food, put it in your hand first and then sprinkle it on your food Mm. because sometimes it's hard to see the amount of salt that's coming out. That's a good Um, tip. Just like, yeah, super practical tips, Nikki. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, yeah, I'm not a, not a big fan of canned foods altogether. Just don't love it. But there are some things that are a little, a little more convenient. Like you said, the beans. And for me, oh my goodness, if I need pineapple for a recipe or something, I'm not, I'm not cutting up a pineapple. I just get it from the can, but I, I'm i not a big fan of canned foods there. Um, what else? Um, yeah. Oh, you mentioned, yeah, the stores. Um, shopping the perimeter of the store, right, Lainey, yes. rather than the aisles? Yeah. Go through yeah, that that's, first. Yeah, I mean, that's just where like your least processed foods are. So you're thinking produce, you're thinking meat, dairy. When you get in the aisles, it's not that, you know, you don't shop in those aisles for certain things, but if you're primarily filling up your cart with stuff from the aisles and not from the outer lanes, you're probably getting more processed foods than you need. Absolutely. Another one would be watching artificial sweeteners, low calorie sweeteners. And the way that you'd kind of pick up on those would be, you know, if a product says it's sugar-free or low carb or even diet, there are some artificial sweeteners 
that are in foods more than others, like aspartame. I think it used to be in a lot of things more readily, but maybe manufacturers have gotten away from it a little bit. And now you see a lot of foods, even especially drinks like Diet Cokes and stuff, whatever, they'll have sucralose in them Mm. or saccharin. But those are artificial things. They're not good for gut health. Even sugar alcohols, different ones. You know, we don't necessarily know the long-term health effects of consumption of these things, even moderate consumption, but daily, you know, I know people who they used to like have to have a Coke a day or multiple Cokes a day and they'll go to diet thinking that's healthy. And while you're not getting that added sugar, you are getting something that's not natural, that's not made uh, in nature. So we just want to watch out for things like that. There is some evidence out there that those artificial sweeteners can actually kind of cause your your blood sugar to spike even somewhat equal to actual sugar. Some studies actually link drinking diet beverages uh, as opposed to uh, sugar beverages, actually link them to more weight gain, which is kind of crazy. Mm, Yeah. Other sources that, that are good for cutting the grams of sugar, but also giving you that sweet taste and are natural are things from uh, stevia leaf or monk fruit. And even if you are going to cut your sugar in half, you know, maybe you're baking something, it calls for a cup of sugar and you put in half of that of regular sugar, but then half that in stevia or chuvia, um, that can be helpful. Absolutely. I actually, I'm glad you said that, Lainey, because there's a couple different recipes where I have done that. And this one brownie recipe that is just killer. And people have told me like, these are the best brownies I've ever had. (laughs) I think I put in a third of what the original recipe called for of sugar. And yeah, and people are still saying like, these are the best brownies I've ever had. So for sure. Yeah. Watch, watch what you put sugar in. You often do not need as nearly as much as what a recipe might Mm -hmm. say. Related to that is just know the other names of sugar that you might see in an ingredient list. Anything that's corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, cane sugar, brown sugar, glucose, sucrose, fruit juice concentrate. There's so many that indicate sugar, but it may not necessarily read straight sugar. So you kind of have to know if you see something that ends in OSE, then that means it's a sugar. Do some planning. You know, when you're thinking about your food throughout the week, if you know you have a really busy day of back-to-back things, if you can do some meal planning ahead of time, and not like you have to be stringent and have everything perfectly portioned and in your little Tupperware containers, that's fine. But if you just think ahead of like, I'm going to be around this place to eat, and I know there are some healthy choices I can make there, when we're rushed and having to do things last minute or waiting too long to eat, and then we're super hungry, that's when we tend to make less healthy choices. A lot of that goes into, you know, we are just so busy and pressed for time in our society. And um, honestly, it, it leads us to making less healthy choices as much as we can make the decision to try to slow down a little bit and mm-hmm. at least be conscious and be mindful. I know I struggle with that. I am often so busy. And that absolutely is when I end up making 
less healthy choices. Um, If I plan even a little bit, like you said, I sometimes do see friends posting on Facebook of of their meal prep for the week and and it's all like neatly portioned in Tupperwares, a hundred of them. If you can do that, that is great. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't though, that is completely understandable. I cannot do that. But I think that we all can probably be just a little more conscious to plan ahead, um, mm. say at the beginning of the week, and know like what we have in our fridge and a general idea of what we're going to do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another tip here would be, you know, get colorful veggies, especially in fruits in your daily food intake. You've got more nutrition, the more colors that you have, especially deeper colors. When it comes to fruits, Watch some of the fruits that you eat because they have more sugar than others. Berries are going to be your best source of fruit and nutrition just because you've got different colors there. They're not as sugary as like mangoes, pineapples, grapes, even bananas. But yeah, get a variety of colors in when you eat your fruits and veggies. Lots of fruits and veggies, especially veggies. Um, And one thing I will say, just because I've had a lot of people over the years tell me that they don't buy a lot of veggies because they go bad faster than they can Mm -hmm. go through them, Lainey, Um, which is, I myself have sometimes had that issue. And of course they do take prep, they do take time. And so often people will find their veggies going bad. There is increasing evidence out there that frozen veggies, I think originally maybe we thought that they weren't as good, but they're actually frozen, Laney, at peak freshness. So there is is increasing evidence that they can actually be just as nutritious, more nutritious even than some fresh, just because the longer something is sitting on the shelf or, you know, sitting there and it, and it is losing some degree of, of nutrients, right? A little bit. So frozen can actually be super great. And obviously, you know, that keeps. So if you find yourself struggling, I say buy frozen veggies. Yeah. And something I'll do a lot is I'll, I'll get something that's fresh. Um, but then if I know I'm not going to be able to finish it all before it yeah. goes bad, like, you know, a, a bag of kale, then I'll freeze, yep. I'll freeze it before it starts turning. Um, And then pull it out later, throw it in a frittata or soup or something like that. Another tip is definitely watch the number of fried foods that you eat. There's not any good nutrition that comes out of eating a food that's fried. (laughs) The food in and of itself probably doesn't have a lot of nutrition, but then you've just fried it in a really unhealthy oil. That's not good for your insides. But especially, you know, if you're eating out and, you know, Chick-fil-A, everybody loves Chick-fil-A, right? So you go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A and you get like their French fries are really good. Um, I crave them sometimes. Uh, just recently, last week, I let myself go and get a little small French fry from there because I'd been wanting them for a long time, but I had them and I, I'm good for a little while. But the thing about Chick-fil-A or anywhere like that, if you know that you are going to get their French fries, but you also love their you know, fried nuggets or whatever, or um, fried chicken sandwich, that's double fried, and then you add in their sauces and things like that, which are also higher in yeah. bad fats. Just watch, like eating multiple meals with fried sources of food altogether, because it's just not good for you. Maybe it would be a good idea, piggybacking off that, Lainey, to just talk about eating out in general, because um, I think, so again, (laughs) Lainey and I, we eat out, (laughs) but there are ways often when we go to eat out. So like Lainey said, she'll get 
the French fries there, but then there's also the dipping sauces and then there's the big burger and then there's a, you know, maybe the soda. And mm-hmm. so what ends up happening is it's not just, okay, I'm splurging a little bit over here, you know, but you end up splurging in maybe like five or four or five different ways when you might enjoy it just as much and be just as happy, maybe splurging in one or two ways. So mm-hmm. like when you go out, maybe sure, get what you want to eat, but don't order that soda or don't also get a dessert. Maybe if you want to go out for dessert, make that its own thing on a different day when you're, you know, and that's your splurge on a different mm-hmm. day. But if you're doing all of that kind of in one setting, that that is a lot, I would say, Lainey. Yeah, that's a good point. And anytime we eat out, we're typically going to get more calories than if we ate the same thing at home. So just a good rule of thumb is not eating out more than two to three times a week, which I've talked to a lot of people over the years, done nutrition assessments who eat out two to three times a day. Oh my um, word. So that can just be, you know, a ton of excess calories that we don't need. So really yeah. trying to watch how often you're eating out. You know, you can let yourself splurge every of now and course. then. Like I just said, I had some Chick-fil-A French fries last week. <laughs> but it, it's not splurging, you know, on every choice like Nikki was saying. I think that's kind of a good rule of thumb. And again, it just goes back to body stewardship. So knowing that you want to put good things in your body, you want to put good fuel. Another couple um Tips here before we talk about reading a food label. When you are exercising, knowing that you need to fuel your body for the exercise you're doing. That's important. Obviously, I mean, I work out a lot, but especially as a CrossFitter, that's really important that you get enough fuel for what you're doing in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, so when when we're talking about nutrition with exercise, a couple of principles. I do tell patients as I'm counseling them that you can't out-exercise a bad diet, right? So, (laughs) and I do tell them if it's somebody that I'm just getting starting walking maybe a couple of miles a day, like 20 or 30 minutes, and Mm -hmm. they've been pretty sedentary and I'm telling them to just add that in, I'm also making it clear to them, like, add that in, don't increase your calories. So add that in without feeling like that is justifying you eating a whole bunch more calories because a lot of times we can do that, right? Or, you know, oh, I just had my workout and I'm going to run over and drink my 450 calorie Frappuccino at Starbucks. And then (laughs) you have just completely neutralized that workout. However, the flip side of that is when you are doing intense exercise, especially, you know, like I said, higher intensity, competitive you know, competitive running, crossfitting, all these different things that, I mean, you are burning a lot of calories. Um, you are using a lot of energy. You definitely need to be fueled properly. Mm-hmm. And that includes getting in carbs before that workout at some point, And then not, as we talked about in our exercise episodes, a good amount of protein and carbs in not too long after that workout. So just balancing and only you probably like know where you're at with that. Like, okay, am I someone who maybe I just need to increase my exercise a little bit and not increase my calories? Or am I perhaps exercising so much and not getting the fuel Mm -hmm. and the nutrition that I need to supplement? I was actually at that point, probably even, you know, a year, six months ago where I was not getting the nutrition uh, to equal my exercise and mm. um, I wasn't feeling great. So yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference for sure. 
Okay, so let's just close out this episode. Just one more thing to talk about with tips and tricks on nutrition is knowing how to read a food label. We're not going to walk through everything with a food label, but one of the first things that's good to pay attention to is the serving size. So that's going to be at the top. This will be on whatever you're drinking or if you're eating something. And oftentimes, you know, there may be two servings to say if you're drinking something, which honestly, we probably, that probably shouldn't be a a good example because that's typically going to be a sugary drink, (laughs) which we just said (laughs) not to drink. So, but pay attention to the serving size. It may be smaller than you know, you think it should be, but that means if the thing you're eating is two servings and you're going to have to double the amount of calories and fat grams and everything if you eat the entire thing. Yeah, that can be something that trips people up a lot, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So many times I've looked at yeah. <laughs> what, whatever. I was like, oh, shoot, I actually just ate like three servings of that. <laughs> <laughs> another, uh, another good thing to know is that most food labels are going to be based on a 2000 calorie diet. So when you read things like the daily value and you see percentages on the right side, again, that's based on a percentage coming from a 2000 calorie diet, which I think that's kind of confusing for a lot of people. Yeah, it can be. If at some point you can do an actual body composition test, that can be really helpful in knowing what you should be eating and consuming, how much you're burning. It was a revelation for me when I got that done. So it it just may be something that I think is worth looking into because that can actually really help you plan your nutrition even better. No, not everybody's going to do it. Not everybody's going to be able to do it. But if it's something that you can do, I mean, knowledge is power in that sense and Mm -hmm. just really help you plan better. Yeah, a couple of important things to pay attention to when you're looking at a food label is notice the amount of fiber that you're getting. So it'll say like total carbohydrates, and then it'll break down underneath that dietary fiber and sugar. You want something that has a decent amount of fiber to it, because again, we need to be getting 25 to 35 grams a day. But you also want to watch that sugar. So say you're eating something and it has 10 grams of sugar for one serving. Well, if you think about it, that's really about half of the extra sugar that you need in a day. If you eat half that extra sugar in one thing, then you're going to, that's, you know, it may catch up with you later in the day. So paying attention to carbohydrate breakdown, even fat breakdown. So you've got a total fat number, but then underneath it, it'll have saturated fats and trans fats. And like we've said before, you know, avoid trans fats at all costs. Watch those saturated fats, 12 to 15 grams total a day. But just really good things to pay attention to, and especially just driving home that serving size point and paying attention to the number of those per container or whatever you're eating. For sure. Food labels are definitely our friend. Yes. But anyway, we, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. We hope it was helpful and gave some good tips for you. Of course, reach out to either of us on Facebook or Instagram for with any questions. We're always happy to answer that. And we just hope that uh, it was profitable. We will look forward to talking next time about 
a couple of other macronutrients and getting into more detail when we talk about carbs and fat and how carbs are not our enemy and fats are our friend. And we're just going to dive into that a little bit more. In the meantime, we're so grateful you listened. If you enjoyed it, please do share it with a friend, subscribe, um, and go back and listen to our previous episodes too, if you haven't. And we will look forward to talking with you all next time.